Mass Edge Radio. Events broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from Megaware Keelguard Studios. Aaron, I read the title for today's show and I had to take a step back, my friend. 300 episodes of Bass Edge Radio airing right now, March 15th, 2019's congratulations. Well, thank you. Likewise, you know, Kurt, uh, man, how time flies. You and I were laughing earlier talking about something else, but we're getting old, brother. I mean, that's a reality. And and when I look back, starting in 2006, we started out weekly. I was actually hosting the show solo. And then down through the years, we had, of course, Dan Young that came on as co-host. And then after that, long-term TV editor and production manager, Steve Brigman. And then you, Kurt. But prior to you coming on to be the co-host, normally you're the stats guy, but I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of these. You're not going to believe <laughs> right. this. Let's uh, see what you got. You were on as a guest, episode three, episode number 23, number oh. 40, number 59, number 61. Must have hit a dry spell there. But um, <laughs> then episode 84, 102, 115, and 145, which was your inaugural launch at the steering wheel. Jeez, Louise. That's, that's a lot of time, Aaron. Pete Pons. Episode one, just for the trivia question out there. I think that James Niggemeyer has maybe been on the most episodes of Bass Edge Radio. Both Pete and James, Aaron, great friends of Bass Edge, eh? Yeah, for sure. And uh, certainly they have helped build the chassis from which we now ride, you know? That's right. You know, some of the um, best shows that I remember and getting some feedback over the last several years, I'm going to go with the best show, episode 256 Kelly Jordan. Oh, yeah. I definitely awesome. remember that one. And and quite honestly, that's fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. It was. And he, Kelly talked about catching big bass. That's why people like that. And I think David Dudley's show, this is a little farther back, just a couple shows after I started hosting, episode 148 throwback. That was a really, really good show. David had some interesting things to say. You got to check out David Dudley's YouTube channel, too, by the way. I know I'm all into YouTube now. I think it's the way everything's going now. But um, David Dudley's got a great YouTube channel, and he had a great episode here on Bass Edge Radio 148. Yeah, I remember David Dudley. First time I ever met him was down at Wachita, and we were putting gas in the boat, and he accidentally filled his boat full of diesel. Matter of fact, I think I remember talking about that in that episode. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Here's a throw. 206. I had to check off JT Kenny, great Florida angler. Now JT's basically quit fishing the tour. He's, he's a host of the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. But JT had a great episode in 206 talking about Florida fishing. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So one of my favorites, Kurt, was uh, certainly the Mark Daniels Jr. episode 273. You know, nice to see yeah. him still out there getting it done. Been a long ride, man. Long ride. And hopefully it, a, lot, has- a lot more to go. You know, there's been one constant along the way outside of yourself of course and that is megaware keel guard bro you know this thing doesn't continue on it doesn't start and it doesn't continue on through today without the support of megaware keel guard so huge shout out to megaware all the products that they offer bass edge nation you know the scuff buster skeg guard flex step of course the keel guard i mean they're now into you know pontoon guards and, and a lot of great things so make sure you go on to uh megaware site which is 
chrisquilgar.com. And uh, you can always get that 15% discount by just entering in the promo code BASS. Edge, all capital letters, and run together. So uh, make sure you support MegaWare. They've been supporting us, bringing you Bass Edge Radio for years and years and years. Aaron, let's continue on this exciting episode, fun episode, kind of a memorandum episode. 300, we're going to move into the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with BASS Elite Series angler Brandon Carr. Hey guys, my tackle tip for you this week is my favorite lure, the Yozuri 3DB Pencil. It's a topwater walking bait, and I love to throw it in the post-spawn period. So, you know, most parts of the country, that's late April to early June. I love fishing around any type of cover, docks, woods, grass lines. My rod is an Abu Garcia Veritas medium action seven foot i pair that up with an other garcia mgx high speed reel 40 pound yozuri super eight braid and i have just a uh, little fluorocarbon leader right in front of the braid just to get the braid separated from the bait but uh throw that bait in the post spawn period and it'll catch you lots of fish great tip brandon protecttheharvest.com tackle tip First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine Products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. It is that time of year that only comes once a year, and uh, that is not Christmas. We're talking about the Bassmaster Classic 2019 Field of 52 first-time appearances. Wait until you hear this list. Adrian Avina, Kyle Dorsett, Jacopo Gavelli, Roy Hawk, Derek Hudnall, Garrick Paquette, Randy Pearson, Nick Ratcliffe, Matt Robertson, Gerald Soferer, Frank Talley, Brad Watley, Jake Whitaker, quite the lineup my brother then do you think that um the mental aspect of it really start weighing on these guys and does it kind of paralyze them or do you think that the rookies have the advantage i think that the vets carry the advantage anybody that's been to the classic before has an advantage in this event you know the classic is such fanfare and uh, this is the final classic you're going to see a lot of the biggest names in the sport fishing yeah it's um, kind of uh that are big historical. right now yeah, almost historical. You're going to have other big names that the Elite Series develops, and there's a lot of big names still fishing the Elite Series. A lot of big names still fishing the FLW Tour. A lot of big names fishing Major League fishing events. 
So this is going to be the last one where I think you have that core group of big names all together that have been fishing Bassmaster for years and years and years. I mean, they're looking at Van Dam. 27 for Van Dam or something? That's correct. 27 appearances in the past. This is his 28th classic. You know, this is a cool classic, too, because it's downtown Knoxville. Basically, everything's going to happen on University of Tennessee campus. You're going to have the launches right there in downtown Knoxville. You're going to have uh, all the campus, you know, activities around that are encompassing this event. The arena, everything is on campus. The Civic Center that they're using is on campus at the University of Tennessee. So that's going to be really cool. You got some guys that I feel like I've got three picks as favorites. The hottest guy in fishing right now, Jordan Lee. No doubt about it. He won the last two Bassmaster Classics. He's been very, very consistent in Angler of the Year standings. He kicked off 2019 by winning the first Bass Pro Tour event. He made the championship round in both of those events. This guy is ridiculously hot. Jordan Lee, the number one guy to look out for. Ott Defoe, number two guy to look out for. It's basically an Ott's backyard. He's got lots of time on the Tennessee River, in this area of the river as well. It's not far from his home area of Danners, Tennessee. I'm looking for Ott Defoe to make a statement here and really put the pre-practice time in before the off-limits occurred to to make a, a big statement in this event. Jacob Wheeler, my third favorite, my final favorite that I'm going to choose for this event. Jacob Wheeler spent a ton of time down on Chickamauga Lake, not far from where, you know, he's he's living down in that area of the country now. He grew up in Indiana, but now lives down that way. He guaranteed you he's put a ton of time into this fishery. He's going to be one to watch out for. This is going to be a great classic, Aaron. I'm really excited. You know, it's interesting that our record date is a few days prior to to the classic starting but when this airs is the day the classic competition begins so it's going to be fun to see how this whole thing shakes out we've got a lot of great stuff here man what is your thought process on this final big classic how are you feeling i think you've covered most of it uh, just to reiterate this has to be one of the i don't know this for a fact but it appears uh that this is one of the larger uh, first-timers, you know, rookies, first classic appearances that's mm-hmm. coming in. Yep. I've got to say that uh, I think you're going to see one rise out of that group that is going to shine. Can they see it to seal the deal? Yet to be determined, but certainly uh, we're, we're going to find that out shortly. But then, like you said, you know, when you look at Van Dam, this is his 28th one, and, and just the all of the history that is behind many of these guys that helped kind of build the shield, the bass shield, to what it is. It's a little sentimental, and I'm certainly going to be tuning in just to kind of watch this piece of history unfold. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's great having three tours now, but to have this conglomeration of old-timers history that is now creating new history. It's going to be new history for bass, new history for MLF. FLW is creating and continuing their historical run as, you know, really the foundation of growing anglers through all these systems. FLW is the king at that. So it's really going to be a lot of fun to watch. This is it, man. It's going to be a big show. So I think it's going to be the best attended classic ever, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And speaking of good show, you have a good show lined out for us uh, with our next guest. We do. We got a classic competitor. He's ready to rock and roll out there in Tennessee. Huge major league fishing multi-time champion with the MLF selects. We've got Q. 
Keith Poche on the docket. Coming up right after this in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. This is Bass Elite Series angler Paul Mueller. Hi, this is 2014 Bassmaster Classic champion Randy Howell. This is Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Harold Allen. This is 2018 Bass Angler of the Year Justin Lucas. Stay tuned right here for more Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the longest lasting most dependable keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWear Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWear Keel Guard. Our featured angler in this episode is fishing the new BPT Bass Pro Tour and had a quality finish at Stage 2 Conroe last month. He's also prepping to compete at the Bass Masters Classic in Tennessee. Welcome to the show, MLF Tour Pro Keith Poche. Thanks for returning with us here at Bass Edge, Keith. Hey, Kurt. Aaron, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on again. It's good to have you and uh, always good now that you're back. We get to dive off into a little more detail from our first episode, which quite honestly seems like such a short time ago. But in further review, Keith, it was episode 197 and here we find ourselves on episode 300. So that dates all the way back to December 2nd, 2014, the last time you were on Bass Edge. And you have fished the Elite Series and the MLF prior to the BPT Tour. What are your impressions? I should say, as an as an angler now that you have two events under your belt this season. Yeah, guys, I tell you, it's been great. Of course, I had a slow first event down in Toho, but uh, overall, uh, I'm excited about the Bass Pro Tour. The catch-release format, it's phenomenal. The, the game is exciting. I'm looking forward to a great year. Uh, we got a lot more fishing this year, so uh, it's all good. It's good stuff. It seems like there's a lot of excitement surrounding the MLF and, and the BPT, and I'm really looking forward to uh, everything once it can be streamlined. We're just starting off here, in the obviously in the very beginning of the Bass Pro Tour, but I really feel like once that gets going and it starts really showing a succession, the fans can really follow along and, and get a good grip on what Major League Fishing is providing. You know, Keith, you've had some outstanding success fishing the MLF format, a little different than the BPT format, but that MLF format really elevated your presence in the industry. You won, I think that you've probably won more MLF events than anyone fishing major league fishing is that correct you know I, i've had a lot of success with it kurt you know it, it it just fits my strengths you know typically in the cups or the selects it's just you know no information just go fishing and right. of course I'm, I, I like to fish shallow so it, it just it gives me a lot of confidence if i can go pitch you know a berkeley pit boss or go throw a humdinger spinnerbait down the bank i mean that just kind of gets me dialed in and gets me going and having that confidence is always good for fishing and it gets you the bites you need to be successful so uh just a lot of confidence and being able to fish my strengths is real big in this game well keith i've noticed you know being a student of the 
game, obviously, you like fishing shallow, backwater, creek ditches, rivers. I mean, that seems like that is where your confidence in fishing is, you Mm -hmm. know, fishing those types of areas. What gives you that feeling that those types of areas are going to produce consistently and effectively for you? You know, a back of a creek has a little bit of everything. You know, it's got a ditch coming in. It's got a little depth to it. It's got fresh water coming in, a lot of bait. Typically, depending on the time of the year, some cool water, like in those hot summer days, the brim, typically bed in those type of areas. And, and of course, they got a lot of structure, some stumps, laydowns. It's just got a lot of stuff that bass can live in year-round. They have an unlimited amount of food forage and places to hide and accessibility to go wherever they want. So, you know, a lot of fish, I think, live back there year-round, but some migrate in and out. So every bag of a creek is not the same. Some are more productive than others, but typically you're going to find a few fish and some big ones uh, in those situations. So, Keith, let's say I'm a marshal in uh, the BPT tour, and I'm sitting alongside of you, and we're pulling into one of these backwater areas in the spring. What am I seeing, thinking, feeling that you're about to target about what's to happen in the back of one of these backwaters, kind of where these fish are located, like you just spoke of? Yeah, well, you know, it plays a big part of the time of the year. And like I said, every creek is a little bit different. They're not all the same. They're not all productive. But, you know, typically I'm looking for a defined ditch in the back of these creeks. You know, I like to call it the blowout. So you have a creek that's got a channel and it's banks on both sides and then it blows out into the bigger part of that creek where it's wider then the ditch continues on out but it's wide you got buck brush you got uh, you know logs that's just laid up on sandbars it's just where the creek blows out into the lake and it kind of makes a hump it settles out and there's normally some grass mats you know like i said just isolated trees typically these fish are going to set up on that kind of stuff just to ambush bait you know anything out of the normal if the water's up high in the bushes along the bank then typically you can go around and, and pick off a few like that but you know each one's a little bit different and unique-wise, you need to have some good bottom, good sandy bottom. You know, some creeks are real silted in. So, you know, once I go in there and I, I notice that, I typically turn around and leave because it's, it's not as productive as a creek that has a good sandy bottom with good grass and some good, you know, isolated trees. And that's really what I'm looking for and I'm going to key on. That's great stuff, Keith. It really looks like the ecosystem is what really creates a productive backwater, having a lot of different types of contour changes, cover, um, as you talked about, you know, the hard bottoms. What I'm also interested in is why is that these rivers and backwater areas seem to withstand the changes to seasonal behavior patterns? You know, it seems like they're productive almost any time of the year. Yeah, you know, like I was saying, they have so many opportunities back there and they have so many places they can go. They got a little deep water access, typically a large mouth, you know, in the southern part of the United States. You know, it gets cold, but it doesn't get that cold. So, it doesn't really push 100% of those fish out of that creek. They can slip off in that 8 to 10 foot of water back in that ditch. When it gets really cold, they go and see it. When it warms up, they'll come up and uh, get active and start feeding. But I've seen a lot of big bait in there. A lot of times you'll get those big gizzard shad back there because it's, you know, in the hot summer, it's got cool water. So a lot of big bait migrates back there because of that very factor. And those big fish key in on that as well. So, you know, having the cover, having a good bottom, you know, a little bit of structure with that bait, whether it's a uh, gizzard shad, brim, or or crawfish, they really have everything they need to survive in that type of situation. So you always can run a few creeks and get several fish and a big fish 
from time to time. Hey, Keith, you bring up a good point as far as running uh, some of those backwaters. You know, my limited experience kind of on, on the different ones that I've fished, specifically like down on the Red River and things like that, going into the backwaters, getting in there can be a little tricky. And thankfully, you know, of course, I'm running MegaWare Keelguard products and with the Skate Guard, but to protect the boat and that. But how do you, let's say you're coming into a new place that you don't have familiarity, or let's say you do have familiarity, and because it's on a river system that creates these backwaters, sometimes, you know, those mouths and that can silt in. What would you offer to perhaps beginning boaters when they approach a backwater system like that before they just go blowing in there. Man, you just said it. Blow in there. Just trim it up and hold on. No, you know, there's times I run to areas where I probably shouldn't, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you want to take it slow, study Google Earth. You know, Google Earth is a big deal because you can go back in history and see when the lake was lower um, and you can kind of understand if it's having rock down there, if they have a lot of stumps or lay down. So, you can get kind of understanding what kind of bottom it has if you look at uh, old Google Earth picture and understand where how that ditch and that creek winds through there to kind of put yourself on the right side of, of that creek going back there so you're not, you know, going up on a big flat. But typically, I'm going to idle back in there. I don't want to blow it out because I want to keep everything real quiet. I don't want to spook the fish because once I get back there, I want to try to catch something. So running in there, making a lot of noise, you know, it's typically extremely shallow. You're going to spook a lot of fish. So uh, just taking it easy first off and just get back there and fishing is what I do. Guys, we're going to run right into a break. Hang on right here. I'm going to power pull down as we take a short pause in the action. We're going to talk more with BPT Pro Keith Poche when we return in a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Mercury Marine, Go Boldly returns with MLF, BPT Angler Keith Poche in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping. It works. Hey Keith, before the break, you really helped us break down what type of area you feel like is productive, how to get back into some of these areas, looking at Google Earth and some items like that as far as working these backwater or you know creek areas. Let's talk about dissecting it with techniques. What are your key techniques that you're going to use? Now, you've gotten in there. You want to locate what the bass are doing and how they're relating to things. Right. Yeah, Kurt, that's a good point. And, you know, I like to stay as close as I can to that ditch as possible, the main creek ditch coming in. Typically, your bigger fish are going to hang closer to that. So I'm going to try to find that ditch. If it's not marked on my Garmin units, I'm going to try to find it with my depth finder, just looking at the depth and wiggle my way through there. But, you know, typically I'm going to throw a square bill. Just, you know, right on the edge, there's normally some stumps, lay down right there on that drop. Or if you can visually see them, I'm going to flip a Berkeley pit boss. 
I'm going to throw a humdinger spinnerbait. If it's a summertime, a frog, uh, even a frog in open water around those uh, laydowns and those little isolated grass mats. So each creek is just a little bit different. You know, some has one thing than the other. So you really have to know what's in front of you to be able to dictate what baits to use. But typically, you know, it ranges from, you know, a flipping bait to a moving bait as far as a crankbait. So it's kind of wide open. You can almost sense your favorite technique back there. Uh, shallow water technique, I should say, and be successful. So, um, you know, and that's why I like fishing in that type of situation because I have so much confidence in what I'm doing and the type of techniques I use shallow water-wise that I, I feel like I, if I go through there, I'm going to get bit. If there's a fish out, he, I'm going to get him to bite, and that gives me a lot of confidence. So with that being said, Keith, and talking and speaking about your favorite techniques there, do you think, is color overrated, or how heavy do you rely on those color choices kind of mentally? Where does that rank on the hierarchy of importance factor for putting the bass in the boat? Yeah, color is super important, as long as it's green pumpkin or black and blue. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, you know, 95% of my stuff, as far as any kind of plastic flipping baits is green pumpkin or black and blue. You know, I keep it really simple. Honestly, I really think that uh, we get caught up in colors a lot of times, especially in that kind of situation. Me personally, I'm going to catch them on green pumpkin or black and blue, and that's going to depend on the water color. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a situation where, you know, and it goes back to confidence. I mean, there's something that you really are confident in, a color you're confident in, that you feel like you can get bit on. That's what you do. Does it matter? Sometimes I don't know 100%, but for me, for instance, if I go to Louisiana, I'm going to throw black and with red flake. So there is times where I will adjust a little bit, but typically it's black and blue or green pumpkin, unless, you know, it's some extreme area part of the country that really I feel like that that's been successful for me in the past. Keith, you talked great detail there about plastics. How about crankbaits and spinnerbaits? What's your primary color selection in there? And do you keep it as simple as you do your plastics? Yes, typically I do. Uh, I like a, a, just a regular shad color, you know, square bill, just your white with black back. Nothing real crazy if it's got just a, you know, fairly clean to off color just a little bit. But if you get a little dingy to muddy water, I'm, I'm going to go to a chartreuse black back, you know, a little bit brighter. You know, something they can see, and I'm going to reel a little bit slower. So, yeah, crankbaits and moving baits are a little bit different, but, you know, typically it's, it's going to be standard colors. I don't get too crazy with the colors. I keep it simple. I feel like it works for me, you know, and that's what gives me the confidence to catch them because I know if I put this in my hand that I'm going to get bit sooner or later throughout the day and I'm going to get on them. So along the lines of simplicity, Keith, does the line choice follow suit or do you use one kind of line solely for all applications, meaning mono, braid, or fluoro, or how does that fit in versus when you're flipping, throwing a spinnerbait topwater to a crankbait? Yeah, my favorite line is fluorocarbon. The Berkeley Trilene 100% fluorocarbon. Depending on the structure I'm throwing it through, depending on the line size, if it's scattered stuff, I'm going to use you know, 15 pound. If it's really heavy, I'm, I'm going to bump it up to, you know, around 20. You know, and then if I'm throwing top water, I like to throw braid just because I'm throwing it around a lot of structures, you know, logs, grass, whether if it's walking bait or if it's a, a frog, I'm going to throw braid on that. A mono, very, very seldom. I would prefer fluorocarbon over mono just because of the stretch. A lot of times I feel like I don't have as much control 
control over that fish if I'm using mono. I just feel like it's too much stretch. It's just too limber for me. I really like to be able to control that bait or control that fish at will. With that mono, it's just it just feels really funny for me. And it's very seldom will I throw mono. And if I do throw it, it's on for topwater bait. But you know, if I can get away with it, I'm going to throw braid. That's a great breakdown, Keith. Quickly, we're about to go to the Bassmaster Classic. I mean, we're just a couple of days ahead of this classic getting started. Your preparation is in full gear. How was your pre-prep for the classic? Were you able to get up to Tennessee to kind of do some looking around before the official practice period? What are you looking to find during the event? I know that this is going to be a very important classic. The cool thing about this is you were the last guy in, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finally I made it back. Uh, and it, I, I, I seems like when it comes down to the end, I always make it closer than it should be. You know, I've barely missed a classic in years previous, but, uh, but yeah, I'm very thankful to be in it. You know, I'm in, that's all that matters, but I've spent some time up there a few days, maybe about a week tried to run the whole lake just looking really didn't fish much you know that's back in december it was cold fish aren't going to be doing what they were doing then anyway really no point in fishing i just wanted to look and see what the place had to offer it's going to be just going when it starts in a few days and just putting something together because that's what it's all about i mean it's fishing the moment fishing what's in front of you and no matter what you may know about it before or whatever it's ever changing. You know, of course, I've never fished this place before. I've never fished an event here before. So I'm going into it with an open mind, and I'm just going to lay it all out, and I'm going to fish for big fish, and I'm going to try to win this thing. Uh, it's my second Bassmaster Classic. I finished third in my first one. So my record's pretty good on finishes in the Classic. So that's right. That's right. Uh, hopefully we can have another decent finish because that's what it's all about. It's about winning. That's all that matters about the Classic. Second through however many they are, it doesn't matter. It's about number one because I finished third in the Bassmaster Classic, and I yeah, I love the paycheck, but other than that, there's nothing else. Uh, that a boy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's right. nothing. Right. There's, 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 I didn't get a trophy. I didn't get a trophy. So I'm not in the history books, and that's where I want to be. <laughs> I want to be known as a classic winner. And this may be my last opportunity. Right. Well, man, we're looking forward to watching it. You know, it is right here amongst us, so we're excited about watching the Classic. And I think it's going to be a great event. I think it's going to show a lot of diversity, and uh, we're going to be rooting you on out there. Keith, we've had a lot of listener questions come into the show recently, so we're going to actually tackle two of them today. Um, This segment of the show is sponsored by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Keith, the first question we got is from – and I, I'm just butchering names the last several episodes. Kevin Schnebley? Kevin, sorry if I butchered that, but uh, Kevin's from Illinois. Keith, Kevin asks, mm-hmm. my brother and I are fishing our second season on the local team trail here in central Illinois. He and I have been only fishing from a bass boat for about two years, relative newbies to the tournament scene. The guys in the club are old hats, and information they're willing to share is very limited. What's the best way to get the most out of our practice time in order to put more weight on the scale against seasoned lake experts? The best way would be a set of high-powered binoculars and follow those guys around. <laughs> or a drone. You can do a drone. <laughs> drone. Now yeah. we're getting technology savvy yeah. right there. I like that, Eric. Yeah, but what if you can't get access to some good binoculars or a drone, then, you know, research. I'm sure that they're fishing one particular body of water multiple times. So spend more time 
time on that. Go an extra few days before the event. Really take time and learn the lake. You know, look up your graphs and, and graph around. I, I have no idea where it's at, what kind of body of water it is on, but, you know, do a lot more homework. Spend more time on the water. I mean, I used to get my butt kicked when, when I first started fishing tournaments here in Alabama, but I just kept putting time in it, and that's what it takes these days. It's just, there's no perfect answer. You know, it's just experience and putting yourself up against situations on that particular body of water, and you're going to continue to get better because those guys, those older guys, they've experienced those situations. They've been fishing much longer, so it just takes that time as a new angler to go through the motion and get seasoned to that style of fishing or wherever you are in the country. Well, Keith, and isn't it safe to say that, you know, sometimes the best way to learn that is using some of the technology. I, I can't tell you how much I've learned sitting behind the console of my boat, just idling with my Lowrance unit running, but then also going a little bit old school and maybe tying on a big football jig or a Carolina rig, even when it's not necessarily the bait of choice for that particular condition, but you learn the feel of the bottom. You you can go back and kind of overlay what you saw on your screen and really put a feel with what you're seeing. Is that your experience? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, the graphs will only show you so much. I mean, you can kind of get an understanding of what the bottom is or what, what it has to offer, but actually fishing it and feeling if it's, you know, pea gravel or if it's, you know, or if it's shale or, you know, a lot of times you just can't see all those details and fishing through it will kind of give you a better idea. And sometimes fishing through it, you will get bit because I don't care what depth finder you have. It's not going to show you every fish on there. And, and sometimes when a fish is close to the bottom or they're really hard to see if they're in a rock pile, it's really hard to pick them out in that kind of situation. Keith, man, you're dead on. Great feedback for Kevin. Kevin, good luck out there on those team tournaments. Put the time in. I think he's hit the nail on the head right out of the gate or the drone and binoculars they work to. But Keith, the next question we got is from Kenneth Chu. In the new MLF BPT, what's the bigger advantage? Being in the group that has the day off before the knockout round or being in the group that is most in tune with conditions because they were on the water the day before the knockout round? Well, you know, my history shows in the last two events that I perform better with a day off. So I think I prefer the day off. And I, I enjoy it. You know, I really feel like that, you know, no matter if there's practice or not, having that day off, just kind of relax, get your tackle together, just get your thoughts together, just kind of go over, look at your maps or just whatever, just relax. I feel like helps me. I'm not in a rush. I'm not getting all my stuff together, go fish the next day. I enjoy that time off just to kind of get everything ready because sometimes... You know, there's just things you need to do to get 100% and be ready for that competition day. Yeah, I would look at it as, too, Keith, as the guys fishing the day prior to the knockout round, they are leaning on those fish to get to the knockout round, right? So mm-hmm. you've been there the day before, and you've got the day off before the knockout round. So just like you said, you're relaxed. You're thinking freely. You're thinking about, you know, what are the patterns, not about, you know, this creek has all the fish or this is where I've mm-hmm. got to go to catch them. You know, you're kind of thinking more pattern format. And, and I I think we've seen through that knockout round the guys that are willing to um, kind of branch out or kind of fish more freely, which I feel like if you weren't on the water the day before enables that mindset a little bit better is a good way to take care of it. But anyway, that's a great question, Kenneth. Man, I appreciate you sending that in. Well, Keith, thank you for answering those questions. And Kevin and Kenneth, we need one more thing from both of you, and that is to let us know that you heard Keith answer your questions here on this episode and then reach out to us via our social media. You can also send us an email at support at BassEdge.com or simply go to BassEdge.com, click on the Claim Your Prize tab, and we will send out the Bass Edge gift directly to your doorstep. And for all those listeners looking for the next question to be on the show, again, just like Aaron said, go to BassEdge.com. 
Um, click on the Ask the Pros tab. You can submit your question right here to Bass Edge Radio. We'll get a pro to answer your question. Sometimes good, sometimes great, like Keith has done today. But uh, you can also submit those questions to our <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter media pages. Well, Keith, it's been very, very entertaining and educational reconnecting with you here on Bass Edge Radio. Any final thoughts or comments as we uh, begin to shut this down? Yeah, no, just I uh, appreciate everything, guys. Uh, I hope everyone continues to uh, watch the Bass Pro Tour. A lot of great things happening. I'm real excited about it, and I really feel like that it's a tour that's really putting things in perspective as pro fishermen. We're getting to a point where we're making this league one of the best it can be, you know, as far as fishing-wise, and uh, I'm really thankful and happy to be a part of it. I just want to encourage all the listeners to tune in, give it a chance. There's great opportunities coming, and uh, I just appreciate everybody listening today and following me, but it's great stuff, man. I'm just happy to be a part of it. All righty, Keith. I'm going to send you off with our final segment. Four last questions for you. Number one, what is your favorite Berkeley bait? I'm going to say the Pit Boss. I got two, the Pit Boss and the General. Two's better than one in my book. (laughs) (laughs) Television show you currently DVR. MLF. What is your favorite fruit? Uh, pears. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. Oh, I like it. Okay, and the superstition <laughs> that you never break. This is going to sound kind of weird, but when I'm when I'm having a good event, it's the same underwear. It's the same ones every day. <laughs> I like it. I like That's it. Right. I like it. So Next time, it just got somebody. real. <laughs> Next time, Keith wins an MLF tough. tournament, you better stand back, y'all. Stand back. I like it. We, we were actually talking about you last episode about your beard, and that got me going. We were chatting with Brandon Card, episode 299, and one of Brandon's superstitions was to, uh, if he's catching them or in a good flow throughout the year, he doesn't shave his beard. And I told mm-hmm. about your little story where you were flowing about, you know, 18, 24 months ago, big time, and, and Keith wouldn't shave his beard. Same kind of deal. So I thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, but I, it was bad. It was bad. So I had, I had oh, I told him you got thing. grizzly. You was grizzly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It took a chainsaw to get that done. I mean, I get that off there. I, I tell you, man, it was it was bad. So That's good stuff. Uh, I don't know if we. I don't know. We might have to keep it cram down a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. We start catching. Right, right. Maybe, maybe it's a happy medium. Not too long. You know Could maybe, be. Yeah. Right up until you keep catching them, then you just let it grow. I know how this game works. <laughs> Yeah, well, if, if you see me, you know, just notice me at the, the Bass Pro Tour at Conroe, I was getting shaggy, so, you know, <laughs> we're still shaggy. All right. Well, we're going to see how shaggy you are at the Classic. Thanks, Keith, for being here. Appreciate that. Best of luck at the 2019 Bassmaster Classic coming up right now in Bass Edge Radio. We'll be back in a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. 
patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment. The PowerPole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, always great talking to Keith. You know, Keith's a lot of fun to watch on television. He really lets the emotion just hang out there on his shoulder for everybody to see. And, uh, man, he is an outstanding shallow water back end creek backwater fisherman what'd you take from the interview yeah i appreciate really just how he handles himself like you said just a riot to be around and you know that that comes out and i think you know i don't want to say he doesn't take things seriously because he does but he allows his perspective of things like not everything is a crisis right he's not putting all that added pressure and he kind of just is able to go with the flow and even though he was joking about the binoculars and the drones and the the various things at the end of the day he gets it done kurt yeah he really does i think when you listen to keith going back to the previous episodes like we've talked about you know again we're at episode Episode 300, man, there's a lot of episodes to go back and listen to. But when you start putting all these things together, it's just a mound of information, Aaron, to really dial in what can help an angler with his strengths. That's what everybody's talking about. Strengths, confidence, mental attitude. You got to get out there on the water, spend some time, develop what your go-tos are, and then capitalize on them when they're at their prime. Yeah, no doubt. And there's certainly, as we've seen over 300 episodes of this, there is no one right way. But the beauty of the numerous anglers that we've had on here, normally you're going to be able to find out kind of a flavor or a personality that matches with our own style and be able to kind of make that individualistic in your approach and Bass Edge Nation's approach while they're out there on the water and ultimately help everyone put more bass in the boat, which is what the program is all about. One thing I'm going to lead us into close here, Kurt, but I couldn't help but think of uh, and just laugh hysterically when Keith was talking about the underwear deal. And, <laughs> right, and, and right. I mean, it's, I've never heard that before. And for that transparency and that, uh, that was hilarious. But, you know, in, in closing, and we'll shut this down. One thing Let you me can't... say real quick, okay. Aaron, I'm right. not big on changing clothes if I'm catching them either. I'm right. just going to throw that out. <laughs> okay. Just to, <laughs> while we're uh, getting real here, uh, there you go, Kurt. You, you threw yours out there. One thing you cannot buy, though, on BassEdge.com is going to be new underwear or new clothes. However, you can get the uh, original 39 episodes of Bass Edge Television, plus, of course, Dr. J. McNamara's book that everybody needs setting on their shelf, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing, free shipping on Lucas Oil products to MegaWare KeelGuard products, and of course all the articles and how-to videos. All of that can be found on BassEdge.com where you can also send in the listener question and get that free Bass Edge gift delivered directly to your door. Be sure to keep up on all things Bass Edge through our social media platforms or email us if you have any questions or comments. We appreciate your time. Know you have many choices in kind of the fishing space nowadays with all the media, but for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin wishing you a wonderful two weeks And we look forward next episode, number 301, on April 1st. So long, everybody. 
Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 